Hey there, you're listening to the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha Endish. Welcome to the Not So Breakfast Show today. This is the podcast for leadership and career development. And today we are talking about leveraging off your gaps. What are those things that are just a little gap for you? You're not so good at them, but actually they do create opportunity for you. And we're going to be discussing all of that. Plus, we've got some insights. I went to Harvard Business School and all I got was COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Hard truths. Because some of you are a bit shit at some things right and facts i can think of one more example i mean i'm not tall but it doesn't stop me being a supermodel sure it doesn't sash you're fun size thank you very much Ish. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the show let's get it all right welcome to not so breakfast show today and this is the one about leveraging off your gaps things that you think are weaknesses maybe strengths or opportunities and we're going to discuss all of that stuff and between me and sasha i think we've got a couple of gaps is that right sash massive gaps i do not have a thigh gap <laughs> just putting that out there <laughs> well no that attitude <laughs> but So we're talking about gaps that sometimes we might not want to talk about our weaknesses or we identify them and think, oh, man, I don't want other people to know that that is a thing. But it's also the fact that actually if you identify what your gaps are, they are opportunities for other people in your team to shine. If we were good at everything, we wouldn't need a team. That is so true. And I reckon we spend a lot of time sometimes focusing on working on our weaknesses. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe we could just work on our strengths and leave someone else to pick up our weaknesses and give them the opportunity to be amazing at that thing. Yeah. And maybe we could define the difference between like a weakness and a blind spot. So a weakness is something that you may not be that great at, or you haven't got a competency in yet because you haven't done it enough. A blind spot is possibly a weakness that you're not even aware of that could be tripping you up. Yeah. So there's things that like actively detract from your strengths and weaknesses are not that. So the things that actually stop you being good at the things that you're good at, that's like a blind spot versus something that you're just not, you don't have any mastery in. And sometimes we try to work on these so-called gaps and weaknesses, but they just are so hard to improve because they're a weakness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of, it's, it's, some of these things are essentially outworkings of who we are. So, you know, we've talked before about some of the things that I am just so not amazing at. And like 49 And I'm still going, oh, imagine living in a house that had all of the towels folded in (laughs) colour. Yeah, it's just bullshit stuff. Like at what point am I going to go, okay, this is my life now and the towel cabinet is fine. It's just fine and it's only ever going to be fine. And if the people in my house want the towels folded in a particular way and particular colour coded, well, there's nothing I'm doing that stops them doing it, right? (laughs) Yeah, It's not something that comes naturally to me. No, and that creates an opportunity for someone to fill that gap for you. Doesn't it, though? Are you listening, children? (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, step up, step up, kids. But high-performing teams really are full of people with, with gaps, and, and everybody is playing to their strengths. And if you have got an area that is something that in business that you think you should be competent in, it doesn't necessarily mean you should be. It's that you are aware of it, and possibly you've just learnt to work around it. So it's no secret I'm probably not the best speller, writer, out there but that doesn't mean that I can't do it but it just means that every time I try and do it it just takes so long so having someone who can actually help me with that or an opportunity for someone to do some proofreading and and that might be a strength or an area that they absolutely love doing I can take my idea they can then you know turn it into a masterpiece on the written page (laughs) that someone can read and it works yeah you've done a heading that says don't be so wired. And they're like, I think you mean don't be so weird. It's like, yeah, good. Great. Good. Who who cares, man? I'm also really quite keen for people to be kind of transparent with their weaknesses. I think sometimes we talk a big game, we promise the world, and then when it comes down to actually delivering it, we can't, we can't step up. So at least if there's some transparency there, people might know that there's an opportunity for me to step in and support this person. Yeah, and I feel like when you make appointments for us, I say, yep, I'll see you at three o'clock-ish. And I mean, I'll see you at three o'clock-ish. And you think, I mean, I'll be there at three o'clock-ish. So it's confusing. (laughs) It's confusing. But what what I should be is transparent and say the appointment is in at three o'clock and sometime between then and quarter past, we'll get started. But, How does that sound? But you're growing because I'll get a call or I'll get a text or I'll get a wee voice message that says, you know how we were on at three? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be quite fast? Would that be okay? Thanks. Because <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm not saying that that happened today, but you need to go to the supermarket. Well, I'm not saying that it happened today either, but I did happen to need to go to the supermarket and I did happen to ring you to say, I'm sorry, I might be a little bit late. What do you reckon? But the point is the transparency, right? So, um, look, is it rude to be late? Yes. Does anyone die when I'm late? No. So, you know, come on. Yeah. What did you get at the supermarket? Just so I know. Oh, ingredients for lasagna and chocolate trumpets. Ooh. Is it a lasagna made out of chocolate trumpets? I wish it was. There's an idea. Someone out there, take that, make that a thing. Lasagna on a stick. There's a gap in the market. Another thing about gaps is we may consider ourselves to have a gap, but that doesn't mean we're an epic fail at it. I think sometimes we just have to be... 10% better than somebody else in an area and it's actually a perceived strength to other people. So if we use uh, public speaking as an example, you might think that you have a weakness in public speaking, but compared to other people, you you are good at public speaking. You can actually hold an audience and deliver a message at a level that they can't. So you, what your perception of a weakness is is often benchmarked off somebody else. That is, you know, obviously it's a massive strength of theirs. So even just understanding that 10% edge in something is a good thing. 
I love this idea that good enough is good enough. Now, it sounds like, uh, well, you're compromising on quality or you don't have integrity if you're not always giving your best for everything that you do. But I reckon one of the superpowers you can develop or a skill that you can develop if you want to be really influential in life in general and influential with yourself is just to understand what stuff matters and what stuff doesn't. Mm. So what's the stuff that done is the most important thing? Done. Get it done. Yeah. Versus getting it done to a really high level of quality actually makes a difference. Does it make a discretionary difference if it's done higher quality? And is it then worth the extra time it's going to take? And if you are only good enough at a thing, then if it's a thing that you only have to be good enough at, woohoo! Knock yourself out. But if there's something that's in your life that you go, it actually needs to be a really good quality piece of work and my work won't be good enough, that's where you have the opportunity to either say, I'm going to close that or I'm going to get someone else to do it. And what we're really saying today is let's be really careful about the gaps that we choose to close. Will they really advance us? Will they really advance our team? Or is the effort that we are going to spend to get that little bit better at that thing, is it even worth it? Or is it a waste of our time? And I reckon one of the ways that you can check this is, is there something, either a skill or an attribute that you have spent your entire life thinking about nailing and you're 20 years in and you still haven't done it? Because if that's the case, at some point you want to let it go and just say it's not going to happen. And have you got have you got anything like that? <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh, have I got something that I've been trying to nail?" Um... You are really good at getting better at the things that you need to get better at, and letting go of the stuff that you don't. I think that that's actually one of the things that sets you apart is you're not sweating the stuff that you're not good at and you're being deliberate about the skills that you want. So, for this podcast, for example, you're like, "I I don't know how to sound edit." I'll just teach myself and now I do. And it's a, it's an essential skill for the podcast to be able to do that. That's but right. it's not essential to be able to write an essay about the podcast. So don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes if you identify maybe the area that you have got a gap in, you can sometimes figure out another way to do it that is playing more to your strengths. So if you have to communicate a message, for example, and your weakness is writing, but your strength is speaking, well, just figure out a way to do it in a way that's verbal. Like I've started doing the little voice texts back to people or voice memos or um, just recording a little bit of audio for someone or doing a video blog because that is operating in my strengths. It's still the whole skill set of communication. But if I sit down to write it in an email, one, it's going to take me five times longer and two, I don't think they're going to want to read it, Sash. Yeah, you are so right. You think about the 30-minute presenter program, which incidentally, uh, Ish and I have designed. It's amazing and you can buy it. (laughs) It's for sale. We didn't say let's write a book on how to be a great 30-minute presenter. We said you like to learn from listening. I like to learn from listening. Let's just find other people who like to learn from listening. Yeah. That's our sweet spot because it's the it's the intersection of people who like to learn like us and it's the intersection of how we like to teach. So that's the product mix that we're going for. So if you guys out there developing products, think about that as well. What are the things that you are good at in terms of product delivery? Who wants it delivered in that way? And that's a spot that you can target in the market. 
So what sort of advice would you give to someone that is worried about a gap or a weakness that they have? They they get the idea that, yes, I understand I should be working on my strengths. Marcus Buckingham put my strengths to work. I understand that, but I'm just worried and concerned about this this area of gap or this area of weakness that I've got, what type of advice would you give to that person? So I would start with doing a reflective exercise where you design almost like a matrix where you go, in my particular role, what are the most important skills as valued by my clients, my customers, my bosses, my fellow workmates, and have a list of 10 things. And if your workplace is any good, they'll be able to identify that for you. Here are the 10 skills or attributes Mm. that you need. If the thing that you have gaps in, if you have gaps in like five of the 10 things, then that's a gap you need to close or you need to transition into doing something else because it's a critical part of what's valued in the role that you're in now. If it's one of the things and you go, wow, I'm nailing the other nine, then I would have a conversation with a, with a colleague or with your boss and say, look, this thing here, it's going to take me a lot of work to get really good at that. Is that time you think it's worthwhile me investing? Or are we better to say there's someone else in the team that could pick up that attribute? Yeah. That, because I think that's a way of determining whether the gap is critical or not. And it's exactly the same in your relationships. So if you think about a, a relationship where you're living with someone, whether it's a flatting situation and you're arguing over sort of domestic chores, just do a list and go, what are the most important things to you? And is the other person prepared to accept that you're only ever going to be a seven out of 10? Or do they need you to be a master chef? Mm. And that kind of conversation about where the gaps are, if it's really important to you that someone you're with loves art and culture, then put that up the top of your list. Don't go around being disappointed that the rugby head you're married doesn't (laughs) want to come to the opera with you. (laughs) Like You're the idiot in that case, not them. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I think it's because – Um, we see gaps and weaknesses is linked to a perception of competency and sometimes our value and our worth is wrapped around the competency. So it's like, well, if if I can't do that, it makes me feel like I'm incompetent. But often actually recognizing that if you can figure out a different way to do it or you can redefine the definition of what competency looks like in that space, it's really helpful. Like I am not... Your numbers guy. If you want to see me glaze over in a meeting, present a spreadsheet in front of me. Take me <laughs> through a PL. I would love to sit there and make noises and pretend I'm listening to you for as long as you want to present it to me. Mm. Oh, but afterwards, mm. I'm going to be walking away going, What the hell was that about? Have we made money? Was this a good meeting or a bad meeting? <laughs> Am I fired? We'll be right back. Do you spend too much time planning out and then freaking out about your upcoming presentations? Then the 30-minute presenter program is for you. With our audio-based training program, you can literally learn the art of presenting while walking, driving, or even in the bath. Imagine Sasha and I right there with you. Well, not in the bath, but in your ears, unpacking our 40 years of combined experience in this impactful upskill. Learn to craft messages that matter, engage an audience, and overcome those nerves. So join the 30-minute presenter program. The link is in the show notes. Get started today. (laughs) 
And I can use an, um, an example around the competency thing based maybe on a qualification because it might be, well, that person's got an MBA or this person's got a, a qualification, but you, you might be street smart. And if you think about cooking, some of the best chefs in the world, some of the best cooks in the world don't have a qualification. The qualification was just that you went to chef school and you learnt some of the science behind food and you learnt about the way that you chop and what goes with what and consistency and all that kind of stuff and food hygiene. But actually, there's people out there that just cook every day for their family or every, every day is a passion and they're banging that stuff and we see it on MasterChef, right? Amazing. Think about the most important job that most of us will ever do and there is virtually no qualification for it and that's okay. And that's parenting, mm, right? True. You just, you just have a baby and we're not all looking at each other and going, well, what business do you have raising a child because you haven't got an MBA in parenting? We just all kind of outcomes the kid and we go, whoa, yeah. someone make it be quiet. Find, find a way to make it be quiet. <laughs> and, and we're kind of making it up as we go along. So I'm, I, I don't know why, if that's the most important job on the planet, why we obsess about qualifications for other stuff. I mean, it's so funny having done this, this Harvard program because you get to say that you're, you're an alumnus of Harvard Business School. But it's a participation prize. Like everyone who pays the fees and turns up enough gets it. And so there's this whole, in, in my class, there's this whole range of people who are like, have you got your certificate yet? Have you got it framed? Uh, you know, Have you got it on the app so you can put it on the bottom of your email signature? And then there's other kind of, I don't know, killjoys like me and a couple <laughs> of the others that every now and again chip in and go, you know it's a participation prize. We didn't have to sit any tests. I Man, turned up to Harvard. Yeah. yeah. I went to Harvard Business School and all I got was COVID. <laughs> I mean, yes, you do have to read the cases, and I'm not taking away from how hard a lot of people work at it, and I worked bloody hard at it too. But let's not fall into this trap that saying a bit of paper somehow signifies competency. Yeah. And if you don't have a bit of paper, chill out. Yeah, and this could be a good way to link to the episode that we did, which was uh, starting before you're ready. Like sometimes we don't start before we're ready because of this awareness of a gap or a weakness or at least a perception that I'm not good enough in this area and therefore we don't start. What we're saying is be aware of it, but play to your strengths, learn to walk around it. Like if a, if a weakness metaphorically was like a coffee table in the middle of the room and you kept bumping into it, move the damn coffee table, right? Just yeah. move it out of the way. And sometimes it's a little bit like that with our gaps. If you are aware of it and it's tripping you up, then find a way to do your job where you don't have to do that thing or you don't have to do it as often, it will be really helpful for you moving forward. And let's just strike a cautionary note because some of you are a bit shit at <laughs> some things, right? And you're going to listen to this episode and you go, oh, for you. I just don't, I just don't have to worry about, I don't know, ever turning up or ever contributing or ever sorting out the fact that I can't string a sentence together or, you know, this is not an excuse for B-gradeness. This is saying if you truly want to be magnificent in your strengths, then you can leverage off your gaps, find someone else to do the other stuff, give someone else an opportunity to shine. None of this messaging is, hey, slacker, as you were, <laughs> stay on the couch. So what I'm hearing is if I can figure out a way to do my job via my Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> So 
So there's heaps of good examples from business history and other history of people who go, I got gaps, I don't care, I'm just going to smash on and do what I'm going to do anyway. Richard Branson's a great example of this. So many of his teachers said, you're dyslexic, you'll never amount to anything. And he's just like, oh, excuse me, I'm a bit busy. Don't worry about that. And one of the, one of his, Chris was telling me the story the other day about his, his old school that uh, he wanted to give them some money. This is when once he started Virgin, and he wanted to build a new gymnasium for the girls, but he insisted that it would be <laughs> named after the company. And the school didn't want their gymnasium <laughs> for girls to be called Virgin. So it's quite a funny story. But there's you know, plenty of other examples of that too. We've got athletes, people that um, you know play for the All Blacks, and they don't kick, and mm. traditionally people in their positions kick. And now I've got some opinions that perhaps they ought to close that gap at the moment. They've been losing quite a lot. But, but the idea is there that if you can play to your strengths, mm. then those things yeah. – you know, don't matter. I can think of one more example. I mean, I'm not tall, but it doesn't stop me being a supermodel. Sure doesn't, Sash. You're fun size. Thank you very much, Ish. <laughs> <laughs> fun size. <sighs> All right, so we have been talking about making sure that you don't see your gaps and your weaknesses as all of that. They are sometimes an opportunity. They're an opportunity for someone in your team to step into it and uh, and really show what they can do. And I think you can leverage an entire performing team um, doing that. I, I think one of the most crippling thing for a leader is thinking that they should be doing it all themselves because they're the best at it. So a little bit of humility and a little bit of vulnerability of the fact that you're not so good at a few things is a good thing. Learn to walk around them, learn to think different ways, work on different forms of doing the thing that you're not so good at. Also, stop trying to be perfect as well. Not everyone's perfect. It's okay not to be perfect. We're all flawed. We've all got some vulnerability. And your gaps still may be stronger than you think they are. You're probably still 10% better than other people. So don't let them hinder you, but be transparent with them. And I'm sure that someone will support you as you sort of move forward. And a parting idea from me is that one of the ways that you can work through your gaps is just to redefine what excellence looks like. Mm. So if you think about the public speaking space that Ish and I have some expertise in, it used to be thought that public speakers who were great were fluent and used long words and were learned and sort of would prophesy and be prophetic and profound. And while that's still true, we fortunately have created this space now where people that have incredible stutters or speech impediments or can't move around the stage because they are in a wheelchair or have different abilities with their body they are amazing mm. public speakers because it turns out it wasn't about your eloquence. It was about the power of your message and the conviction that you deliver it. They literally redefined what excellence in public speaking looks like. And that's another way to think about your gaps is to say, has someone told you this is a gap? And it's actually just not true anymore. Yeah. Redefine what excellence looks like in your category. All right, Sash, fill me with knowledge. What have you been reading this week? I need a little bit of inspo from you. Mainly I've been reading Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Anything stand out? <laughs> well, let me let me read you this quote. Okay. I take photos of things that, like, blow my mind. 
New commodity forms such as NFTs and crypto insist that the world is now pure exchange value. The urgent desire for newly minted asset classes is just people looking to be rescued from the very market that has produced the crisis from which they seek to be insulated. That's the kind of thing that I'm reading. Good times, eh? It's <laughs> like, uh, okay, good, good. Okay. Do you want to yeah, discuss that, or should we just go back to what's on Disney Plus? Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning towards the Disney Plus conversation, but thanks for bringing that. I know that message is out there for someone right now. Good, good. Someone will listen. Uh, have yeah. you watched Only Murders in the Building? Uh, no. I don't know if we talked about that. It's got Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. Martin Short, and Steve Martin. So two old comics and a young... Yeah ex-musketeer, young woman doing great things and acting, etc. right? What's funny about it is obviously people keep dying in their apartment building and they do a podcast where they try and do true crime to solve the mystery. In my tiny apartment that I have in Christchurch, it's tiny, it's much smaller than a motel room, I've been asked to go on the committee of the apartment. And yes. all I can think about is only murders in the building. If I get on the body corp committee... You just know that bad stuff's going to happen. And we're going to turn this into a true crime podcast, just like Only Murders in the Building. Maybe then more than just our mothers will listen. I want to know, is the guy who um, was playing the meatloaf song, is he still in the building? Will he be on the committee for flashback from previous episodes? He's still around. Yeah. He's not playing meatloaf anymore, though. He's moved on. It's been quiet lately. Yeah, better music, everyone. <laughs>